Yeah, when you are on the volcano, you actually sometimes forget that you are in such an amazing place. Uh, you might be sitting in your tent, you might be surrounded um, with the toxic gases, um, it might be just uh, you know, pouring with rain, with the, uh, the acid rain. The voice you're hearing is Bradley Ambrose. He is a photographer and he spends a lot of time camping out by active scary volcanoes. And it's just nice for your mind to wander and, and, and just find something exciting to do when you are you know, back out there in the, in the, in the fine weather. Chocolate, good marshmallow. So recently, Bradley was going to repel and camp by a violent lake of lava in Benbow Crater in Vanuatu. And that lake of lava, uh, if you're keeping track, is more than 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So Bradley decided he could use that heat to make s'mores. We should say there are easier ways to make s'mores. A microwave. The marshmallow might have been a little bit too large. I don't think it's too bad for my first uh, s'mores. So, Bradley, I have to ask, um, I think one of the worst human experiences is when you have a chocolate bar and you put it in your pocket and then you take it out and it's all melted. This lake of lava is even hotter than the human body. How did you keep the chocolate from melting? I don't think there is a way that you can keep it from uh, from melting. When I opened up the packet, it was... uh, misshapen. Uh, the heat had actually got to it. Um, uh, but I was able to just, you know, it, it was still relatively flat, so I was able to just shove it inside the cracker and uh, throw the marshmallow on top. It's probably worth pointing out, we got in touch with Bradley because we wanted to talk about how to make s'mores by a volcano. But uh, from this point on, uh, the interview stops being about s'mores. So Bradley, I have to ask you this. You spend a lot of time close to the lava, close, you know, deep in this volcano. Have you ever peed into it? <laughs> okay. Um, the the, the, vol- <laughs> the lava lake that I've been the closest to, uh, Benbow and Murram are side by side in Ambram. And I've been down to the lava lake in, in Murram 21 times, which is pretty much the unofficial world's record. And there may have been an attempt, but there's a lot of uh, tornadic winds that come out of there with the cooler, <laughs> oh, cooler no. air that comes down and the, the super heated ga- uh, gases and the wind that comes out. Uh, there's a lot of splashback. <gasps> um, but I have, you know, I, I did do the first um, nudie run down in the, the Murram crater, but uh, uh, inside Benbow there was uh, too many people to, to do that and, you know... I don't want to ruin their, ruin their trip. Yeah, yeah, sure. And of course, those photos will never ever come to light. It's uh, <laughs> they're, they're deeply locked away in my vault. I guess that's true. You've roasted marshmallows. You don't want to roast any weenies. <laughs> yes, well, uh, the, the the photos do show me run, running up, and uh, I am actually pre- holding on to myself. And, and and the main reason is because of the heat. And then I did the oblog, the uh, obligatory hands up in the air, yelling woohoo, and that only that only lasted a few seconds before I had to protect myself. You know, the the heat of the lava lake itself is about uh, two thousand degrees Fahrenheit, um, but the radiant heat is a, is a lot less, but still enough to cook a few nuts. Hey Charlie, what can we help you with? 
Uh, well, so I work at a farm animal sanctuary from time to time, and it's just uh, changing food for birds and changing water and uh, occasionally giving a goat a cracker, and it's all very lovely. But, you said, I'm uh, sorry, you, you said giving a goat a cracker? Yeah. Okay. So the problem is with the roosters. Sometimes they're really aggressive with me, and um, I would just like to know how I can lead a more harmonious life with the roosters. Uh, first of all, I want to say this sounds like um, such a fun thing to do until, I guess, the, 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 it's rooster time. Yeah, they can be pretty uh, surprisingly scary for how small they are. And if you get kicked, it's pretty painful. They kick you? Yeah, yeah. They uh, they run up to you. They give a little flutter. They get a bit in the air, and they'll kick you right in the like. They jump bottom. kick you. Yeah, yeah. Would you describe um, what it's like to be attacked by a rooster? Um. So they'll usually build up to it a little bit. They have uh, they'll sort of peck at the ground and scratch a bit in a way that is slightly different from the way that they normally do that. Okay. Um, they give you a bit of a stink eye and walk up to you and then run up to you. Um, not much vocalization. It's a pretty silent attack. <laughs> How many roosters are there? There are three at the sanctuary now. One of them is a little nicer, and then two of them are just just real jerks. Yeah. what's What are the names of the jerks? Uh, that would be Henry and Robbie. Robbie? Yeah. All right. All right, Charlie, we're going to look into this for you. Well, thanks very much. Full disclosure, I think before we help out Charlie, I should tell you that Mike has a gecko at home also named Robbie, so uh, he may be biased uh, towards the uh, angry rooster. Robbie's a great gecko. I feel like we should say that. On the line with us now is our animal expert, Kevin Fitzgerald. He's a vet in Colorado, and also, we should say, a former roadie for the Rolling Stones. So, Kevin, you heard Charlie. What do you think? Well, male roosters are terrifically territorial, okay, uh, and, and protective of, of their own females and their little turf. A, a lot of this, you know, chicken behavior is real showy stuff, and there's not a lot of substance to it. So it's kind of like closing time at the bar when everybody, you know, you know just stands up and and shows off their belt buckle, you know. <laughs> so there's not there's not there's not a lot to it, you know. And so what's happening is uh, our our friend Charlie has experienced kind of a turf war, where it, um, the these roosters are seeing him as a, a rival or a threat, and and I think spending some time with with them out outside of um, you know taking them to a neutral place, not not his own little pen. And feeding them, you know, oftentimes, you know, with, with feeding, they'll warm up. But a lot of times with just the territorial things, I mean, these guys are hammerheads. I mean, you know, they're they're roosters, and they're only for one thing, and, and that, that's for breeding. And, and so they are, they are really uh, jazzed up hormonally, and, and, you know, they're always at the top of their game, you know. Well, the other thing you could do is, is you could eat them. Well, <laughs> that, that would show them who's boss, I guess. That was, that was a joke. That was just a bad joke. Well, if he ate one of them, bad that joke. would trick. That would convince the other one not Send to mess with him. Maybe, maybe he would make an example of, of the one guy. And no, I, it, there's there's not a real easy answer with these guys because over, you know, 
thousands of years have learned they can get what they want by by all this you know uh, bravado you know so a lot of it is just show but but it, it, man it is quite a showy display and it, it if you've not been around it it's scary what I what I find strange is um, it, do you think there's something about Charlie I can't imagine that a rooster sees him and thinks you know what he's he's competition for these hens for the affection of these hens <laughs> no Charlie's a good guy it's not is not anything about Charlie. It's not you know, they go, Geez, I just don't like this guy. What is it? You know? Maybe he has thin, cruel lips or a gummy smile. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I don't know. Or maybe there's something about him that's rooster like where they're like, We have to you know, we have to worry about this guy. Well, maybe does he have a mullet? Oh. We didn't ask. <laughs> no. I'm sure Charlie is, is you know, he's, a, he's an animal lover. He's trying to help at the, at, you know. But I, I think, you know, the other thing is he, he has to realize that it, a lot of it is just this showy display, and if, if he stands his ground, they're not going to do much, you know. And, and, and so, um, and he can back them off. Would it be possible for Charlie to get some kind of, uh, like a chicken pheromone to cover himself in? And they kind of take advantage of the randiness of the roosters to disguise himself as a hen. You mean? Yeah. Well, I you know depends what Charlie's into. I think disguising yourself as a hen is, and and, uh, and, then, and then coming in, he, he might get more than he bargained for. Yeah. You know? okay. Kevin, thank you so much. All right, keep keep the faith. I'll talk to you. Take Thanks. care. Bye bye. Now is the part of the show where we tell you about our sponsors. And today, we want to tell you about Stamps.com. When it feels like there aren't enough hours in the day, you can't waste time making trips to the post office. Use Stamps.com to buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your own computer the instant you need it. When it feels like there aren't enough hours in the day, consider that maybe um, the Earth has sped up and that uh, is spinning faster than it should be. So there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, that the universe is possibly spinning out of control and our world is about to end. This is the perfect time. You really can't go to the post office then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should, what, what you should do is you should send a letter to 911. You can even get special postage discounts you can't find at the post office. Sign up for stamps.com today for a four-week trial. Uh, if, if indeed we do have four weeks left as a planet. Or the outside, at least. Uh, and a special offer including postage and a digital scale. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, and enter everything. We also want to thank our sponsor, Casper. They're an online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies latex foam and memory foam that gives you just the right amount of sink and bounce and they have a risk-free trial you can try out your casper mattress for a hundred days if uh, indeed we have that much time left as a race of humans we're spinning closer and closer to the sun uh, with free delivery and returns it's outrageous comfort at a polite price so go to casper.com everything to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code EVERYTHING to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress 
that works for you. Bearing in mind, uh, money is a man-made concept that no longer has any relevance in uh, the remaining chaotic days of our society. You might as well just burn your money to keep warm. Or use it to buy a mattress while you still can. Because it's good to get a good night's sleep and have some back support. It's possible that um, as uh, society collapses, we will move to a mattress-based economy. And um, if you have a Casper mattress, you you may become king. uh, Or at least the leader of a powerful team of bandits. The king of sink and bounce. Uh, Terms and conditions apply. The, uh, these are our final days. The Earth is uh, indeed, as you well know, from the, um, the violence and madness that has uh, consumed all nations of the Earth. The f- final days of, of uh, the human race are upon us. We're talking hours here, really. It could be 48 hours. It could be less than that. Because of the rotation of the Earth, a, uh, a day now is is but three hours long three hours long and that what that means is that we're getting closer and closer to the sun yeah the um the increasing speed of the spin of the earth has created a gravitational anomaly which is uh just sucking us closer and closer towards our uh, our molten death not unlike the s'mores we mentioned earlier in the show bradley's probably gone at this point one of the first no doubt but he knew it was coming He was prepared. Uh, The mattress-based economy, uh, at first, it seemed like a good way to continue commerce on the planet, uh, turns out to be an inconvenient currency. It's really fallen. It's really fallen short. Uh, no, no wallet uh, is. It turns out large enough to contain a mattress. Mm-hmm. There's no way of of carrying your wealth with you, which uh, has led to uh, one of the more brutal and violent global conflicts. Uh, yeah, let's just say it. It's the most most brutal and violent global conflict we've ever known. I also I feel like there's a, a premium placed on memory foam at this point in our society, which um, I think is unhealthy. I would have liked that uh, at this point we would have unified as a, a species and, and faced our final days as one. Turns out the memory foam faction versus the conventional spring mattress yeah. uh, folk. But I have to say, it's pretty sweet, though, that you can have a glass of wine on one side of the bed and... Uh, lean back and uh, really relish the comfort and that glass of wine won't move. At this point, I think it's probably safe to say that Charlie won't have to worry about Robbie and Henry. He's got, kicking, he's got bigger, him. bigger fish to fry. We, we hope, literally, we hope. Yeah. Well, given that the ice caps have melted and, and uh, most of the earth is covered in water, fish are, are everywhere. I hope. I hope at least that maybe um, some of the uh, marauding cannibals 
that uh, have claimed the earth as their domain um, attacked with jump kicks. And so uh, Charlie at least was prepared to fend them off uh, at least a little while. Uh, well, uh, wherever you wherever you are, uh, we'd like to thank you for continuing to listen uh, to podcasts. Yes, we couldn't do it without you, and we're doing it for you. Yeah, Hidden Brain, I know many of you listened to, became, in the last few days, once uh, Shankar Vedantam was taken uh, by the, the others, it became a podcast that seemed... Uh, Mostly focused on finding hidden brains a, for food. A zombie treasure hunt. Uh, but as I understand, a lot of uh, four, four and five star reviews on iTunes from, from cannibals. They, the advice, uh, while a month ago might have seemed almost repulsive to humans, yeah. uh, now does seem to be useful. Well, I, I think um, just in the time we've been talking here, Three days actually have gone by. Well, given that days are now just two minutes long. That's right. And uh, the earth is uh, <clears throat> consumed. It's already tomorrow. It's already tomorrow. The time that you started that, it is now tomorrow. And now that's yesterday. I think. Tomorrow. I think in the, uh, the years we've been doing this show. Hey, if you're looking for something else to listen to now that our show is behind you, uh, there's also the Car Talk podcast. You should listen to that. It's a great show. They talk about cars, but really they talk about other stuff probably more than they talk about cars. Check out Car Talk now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app.